Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, hello, church. What a joy to be together once again. And what a joy, honestly, that we just get to do life together. Uh, that we get to grow up together in the Lord and really want to extend a, a special word of congratulations to all you seniors who are graduating soon. We are proud of you. We will miss you. And we also look forward with you to seeing what the Lord has for you. And we know that he's going to use you to multiply the hope and heartbeat of Jesus in the world wherever you go. And that is what we are about here as a church, multiplying the hope and heartbeat of Jesus. And if you consider yourself part of this church, part of that mission, we would just remind you and encourage you to give faithfully to it. We try to make it super easy to do so. On our webpage, there's a button. On our app, there's a button. Or you can send a text to 77977. Type in the words Hosanna Church and hit send and you'll receive a link back to you that makes it very easy for you to give one time or to set up recurring giving, which is actually the best for you and the best for us as a church. Well, today... We are beginning a new sermon series that's actually going to take us all the way through the month of June. And as we begin this sermon series together, I would love for us to have a sense that we are embarking on a journey together this weekend, that we are hoisting the sail and asking the wind of the Spirit to blow in a fresh way and take us on a ride. It is the perfect weekend to ask that of the Lord because this is Pentecost Sunday weekend. And we're going to talk a little later about the historical significance of that. But in short, Pentecost is the time that we remember the gift of the Holy Spirit the gift of the Holy Spirit. We decided to call this series Gifted. And I love what our graphic department did with this series. You can see that the, on this graphic, there's this brown box. We all know how exciting it feels to receive a gift on our doorstep. And the truth is the Holy Spirit is a gift in the life of every believer. And the Holy Spirit gives gifts to every believer to make it possible for them to do the very things that Jesus himself did. This is extraordinary and it's true. And we get to talk about these things in coming weeks. So just a very brief look at where we are headed in this series. First today, we get to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. Next week, we will talk about what does the Holy Spirit do in the lives of believers. And then for the following four weeks, we are going to take a deep dive in exploring the spiritual gifts. And each one of us will have the opportunity to ask the question, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, what is my spiritual gift? How has God uniquely equipped me and uniquely equipped the people around me to, be, to play their unique role in the body of Christ, to spread the love and the hope of Jesus in the world? So that's where we're heading. But more than anything else, as we have been preparing this series, our prayer has been that we would not only speak of the Holy Spirit, that we would not only learn about the Holy Spirit, but that we would experience and encounter the Holy Spirit. That we would experience and encounter his love, that we would experience and encounter his power and his presence in a way that would fill us at a time that I think all of us have a sense we know we need to be filled. 
we know we need the spirit of God in our, in our lives. Our prayer is that more than anything, that, that we would not speak of the Holy Spirit, but we would allow the spirit to bring fresh vitality and purpose and joy into our lives. I would guess that if I could sit down with each one of you, you would each say that you need more of God's presence and love and joy in your life. So may it be so as we embark on this journey together. It has been 12 years since the day I remember I was sitting on our green couch in our house in Seattle with our oldest, who was about one and a half at the time. And Ryan walked through the door of our garage, came into the house, and he, he looked a little bit stunned. And he said, so I got a phone call today from a church asking if I would consider coming to be a pastor at this big church in Minnesota. And I did not skip a beat to say absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> we had lived in Minnesota before. And so I knew all about the snot freezing in the winter. I knew all about the mosquitoes, the size of eagles. And I was like, no, there's no chance that that is happening. But Ryan, he encouraged us just to pause and consider the thought because from what he knew about this church, he knew that it was a special place that had a really unique DNA. He told me it's a church that has a Lutheran heritage. It was born as a Lutheran church. And so it has a really strong theological foundation, but it hasn't gotten caught up in kind of the, the traditional trappings. And so it has an evangelical approach and feel and the, the Holy Spirit is alive and well at this church in, in the worship and the prayer culture. And I, just, I knew I needed to see it to believe it. And so I remember walking through the doors of the worship center for the first time and I was just dubious. And I remember walking out of the same worship center doors, weeping. And I turned to Ryan and I told him, I don't care if you ever work at this church. I would move to Minnesota to go to this church. And I still feel that way. 12 years later, I still feel that way. There is something that is so unique and so beautiful about worshiping God and living together at the convergence of the three streams is how we talk about it here at Hosanna. The three streams, we have the traditional stream that flows in, we have the evangelical stream, and we have the charismatic stream representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the completeness of the Trinity. But the reality is that the, the Holy Spirit leg of that triangle is often the least understood, often sometimes even forgotten. And even as we, we say that we're gonna be doing a series on the Holy Spirit, we realize that within our congregation, people who've been part of this church for decades or people who've been part of this church for just a few weeks or even a few months, we have the whole gamut, the whole gamut of understanding and experience with the Holy Spirit. We know that some of you might say the Holy Spirit is the central figure in, in my faith journey. Others might have a sense of like, ah, the Holy Spirit is pretty obscure to me. Maybe it's something that you've even held at arm's distance. You know, for our, for our Catholic friends, you grew up hearing about the Holy Ghost, which can make the Holy Spirit have almost a scary quality to it. But the reality is the Holy Spirit is not scary. The Holy Spirit is a gift in the life of every believer. So who is the Holy Spirit? Well, we're gonna begin at the very beginning. The Holy Spirit shows up on the very first page of the Bible. In the book of Genesis, chapter one, second verse. This is what we read at the moment of creation. It says, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The spirit of God. 
The spirit of God here in the Hebrew is Ruach Elohim. I would guess that some of you actually want to say that with me. Let's say it together. Ready? Ruach Elohim. All right. So Elohim means God. And then Ruach is translated spirit. It can also be translated breath, like a blow of breath or wind. So at the moment of creation, the Ruach Elohim, the spirit of God is present to bring order to the chaos and to breathe the very breath of life into creation. And then as we continue through the Old Testament, we see that the Ruach Elohim, the spirit of God is present um, at particular times in particular people for particular purposes. So the Holy Spirit is not present everywhere all the time, but instead is present in a particular way in particular people. A couple examples in the book of Genesis, uh, Joseph, the Ruach Elohim fills Joseph and gives him the supernatural capacity to be able to interpret dreams, which gives him this special favor with Pharaoh. Later on in the book of Exodus, we, we read about the Ruach Elohim filling an artist. His name is Bezalel. And it says that the Holy Spirit fills him and gives him a supernatural ability to create art that would be used in the first tabernacle. But even as I talk about that, I know we have artists among us. And I wonder if you have just ever um, experienced that, had a sense that the very spirit of God was moving your pen or your paintbrush, right? As we continue through the Old Testament, we see the Ruach Elohim giving people special strength and ability, um, Saul and Samson and Gideon among others. And then the Ruach Elohim fills the prophets and gives them just like a supernatural capacity to kind of see the unfolding of history through the perspective of, of God's perspective and to be able to, to speak and to challenge and to shepherd the, the people of God. And a few of those prophets foretold a day when the spirit of God would be poured out on all people. And that brings us to the New Testament. On the first page of the book of Luke, we see the Holy Spirit at work. This happens in the moment that, that the angel Gabriel comes to visit Mary and tells her, gives her the news, you're gonna be the mother of the son of God. And she's like, how is that gonna happen? And this is his response. He says, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is the first time that we see in the Greek the words hagios pneuma. You can say that with me if you want to. Ready? Hagios pneuma, right? And hagios uh, means holy, means set apart, means of God. And then that word pneuma. That word pneuma means something very similar to the word ruach. It means uh, spirit, it means breath, it means wind. So the Holy Spirit is active at the very beginning of Jesus' life. And as we read just a couple verses later at the, uh, when, when Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth and Elizabeth is pregnant with Jesus' cousin, John. When Mary walks into the room, it says, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Hagios Pneuma. 
Fast forward to Luke chapter three, when the baby in Elizabeth's womb grows to be a man, a very eccentric man that we know as John the Baptist, who is sent to prepare the way for, for the message and the ministry of Jesus. And John the Baptist's message was repent, repent, turn back to God, and then come and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And people were just coming to him in droves to the Jordan River to be baptized in the Jordan River for the forgiveness of sins. But when he came, when they came, this is what John said to them. He said, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So in other words, John the Baptist says, I'm dunking you in water for the forgiveness of your sins, but somebody is coming soon who is going to dunk you, who is going to saturate you in the very presence, the very spirit, the very breath of God. And it's on one of these days when John the Baptist is baptizing people in the Jordan River that Jesus himself shows up and he says, I wanna be baptized. And as he gets into the water, we read that this is what happens. Says, as he was praying, this is Jesus, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. The Hagios Pneuma, the Holy Spirit, descends on Jesus in the bodily form of a dove, which of course is why the dove is the universal symbol for the Holy Spirit in the Christian church. So in this moment, Jesus is preparing to step into his public ministry. Actually, right after this, he would have to go into the desert and be tempted for 40 days. Thank God he had the gift of the Holy Spirit. But in this moment, the Hagios Pneuma falls on Jesus and fills him fills him to make it possible to do the very works of God that Jesus would go on to do. We know about the things that he went on to do. He went on to heal people of their sicknesses. He went on to speak with the very authority of God. He went on to cast out demonic spirits, to calm storms, and to extend the love of God to everyone that he encountered. We see all over the gospels that people flock to Jesus. They, they flocked to Jesus. They wanted to be with him and they absolutely marveled. They marveled at the supernatural power that he had. And that power came from the filling of the Hagios Pneuma. Then we are gonna fast forward. We could talk about so much in the gospels, but we're gonna fast forward through Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection to the, the, the unique time, these 40 days when Jesus appeared to his followers. Before he ascended to heaven, he spends time with his followers and he is giving them um, a sense of what is coming. And we read in Acts chapter one, he says, it says, once when he was eating with them, when he was eating with his followers, he, Jesus commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift. There it is. Wait for the father to send you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In just a few days, you will be baptized with the Hagios Pneuma. Jesus is saying to his followers, just like the Holy Spirit came on me and filled me to do the very works of God in just a few days, the same thing, the same gift is going to be given to you. And I just wonder what they thought he meant. <laughs> I just wonder what their expectation even would have been. But sure enough, sure enough, about 10 days after Jesus ascends to heaven, his promise is fulfilled. 
on the day that you and I know as Pentecost. Pentecost. Now, as we talk about Pentecost, it's important to note that historically, Pentecost was already a really special day, a special season for the Jews. The word Pentecost means 50, Penta 50, and it means seven weeks of seven days, so 50 days, and they celebrated it 50 days after Passover. We now, as Christians, celebrate it 50 days after Easter, but for Jews, this was already a holiday for them. And we read in the book of Acts that thousands of Jews from many nations were gathered in Jerusalem at this time to celebrate the, the, the Pentecost feast, including a group of about 120 Jesus-following Jews who were together in a room to celebrate this feast together. And that is where we pick up the absolutely epic story of Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place when suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Could we just use our imaginations for a moment to try and hear that? And that windstorm filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Hagios Numa, and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. I am sorry, but if you've read this story even a thousand times, and I probably have, and many of you probably have, some of you may have just heard it for the first time, it needs to take our breath away. What happens in this story is absolutely extraordinary. There is a windstorm. Remember the word pneuma, the, ru the word ruach means breath. So there's this giant breath of God that blows into this room of believers. And then fire settles upon each one of them. All over the Bible, fire represents the, the presence of God. Like you think about Moses and the burning bush, right? The presence of God. You think about the pillar of fire that led the Israelites through, through the wilderness, the presence of God. So in this moment, what we are seeing when these particular flames come upon the heads of each believer is that the presence of God is coming upon each person, each one of them. And then it says that the Hagios Numa fills each one of them and gives them the supernatural capacity to be able to speak languages that they do not know. Why would that be important? It's important because if we remember, there were thousands of Jews from many nations who were gathered in Jerusalem right now, who all of a sudden we know begin to hear the gospel, that the good news about Jesus proclaimed in their own native language. And because of that, we read later on in this chapter that thousands of people came to saving faith in Jesus that day because they experienced the power of the Hagios Numa in their midst. Pentecost. It is the day that the followers received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the day that the church was born. And it is an important day for us to remember, certainly worth remembering, but not just to remember an old story that happened then, but actually to remember to ask God for the same thing to happen now. I have been thinking a lot about where we are right now as we gather today on Pentecost 2021. I wonder how many of you might agree with me that we really could use a fresh wind of the Spirit right now. 
as a church, we just finished a series on trauma because we knew that it's so important to, to recognize and to process that we have been through an extraordinarily hard year. And, you know, we spent time in Psalm 139. We remembered that, that God is present all the time. The Father never took his eyes off of us during the season. And that does bring a measure of comfort and a measure of peace. But the fact remains that so many of us right now are just running on empty. If I had a dollar for every person, I mean, personal people in my, lives, but in my life, but also people from this church who've reached out and basically have conveyed, like, I'm ready to switch careers. I'm, I'm considering a career change, not just a job change, a career change. Talking about nurses, really just anybody in the health profession right now, teachers, anybody in the education profession right now, uh, first responders, um, business owners, uh, therapists, pastors, leaders of any kind, just burned out, running on empty. And so that's personal, but let's talk for just a moment about society right now. In society right now, we are on eggshells with each other. We are tense. We are grieving. We are weary. And then the church. I don't mean just this church, but just the church. I wonder how many of us remember a time, maybe not all that long ago, when we had a sense that when we were at church, when we were with fellow Jesus followers, when we were with fellow Christians, we were with our safe people. We were with our family. But now, man, I can't tell you how I have grieved. I mean, just personally grieved as I observe what is happening in the church right now. And I know you see it too, that we are caving it is the only way to say it. We are caving to the temptation. We're caving to the temptation to divide. We are caving to the temptation to mercilessly judge each other for how uh, we are approaching our Christian faith right now, what our convictions are right now, because they're different than mine. I will judge them and I will divide. And I can't imagine how that is grieving the Father's heart. We remember that, that Jesus prayed. He gave some of his last words to praying that we would not do this, that we would not divide. He said, keep them united, God. That's how the world's gonna know I am who I say I am. So keep them united, God. And yet here we are. Here we are. Divided. Dry. Disappointed. Disillusioned. And as I say those words, I just wonder if maybe that's the posture of a people who needs a move of God. If that's the posture of a people who might just be ready for Pentecost. I wonder if maybe then how we could feel instead is expectant. As I was preparing this message and praying into it, I, a couple of times, several times, when I would close my eyes and ask like, Lord, what are you doing this weekend? I saw a sea of glass bottles and they were all empty, just empty vessels. And I knew that they, they represented you and me. They represented us, maybe just our church or maybe a, maybe a whole lot of Christians, but here we are empty vessels. And because we are empty, it means that we have the capacity, we have the room to be filled. 
And there was something in seeing that though each vessel was unique, there's also the reality that all of those vessels can be filled at the same time. That's what happened on Pentecost is that God filled every vessel, each one and all. And he filled each one and all with a supernatural capacity, a supernatural power to be able to believe the the message about Jesus Christ, to become more like him. The Holy Spirit made it possible for them to be transformed into Jesus' likeness over time. And the Holy Spirit is what breathed the life in them to be able to proclaim the gospel, the good news about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And it was the hagios pneuma that gave them a supernatural capacity to love each other to form what became an absolutely extraordinarily set apart community with such extraordinary unity that when people on the outside observed it, they wanted to be part of it. Thousands of people came to faith because of what they saw, the extraordinary love that they saw between Christians. They wanted to be part of it. They wanted to be part of what the Hagios Pneuma was doing. And these Christians, these believers did nothing to earn it They did nothing to make it happen. They just obeyed Jesus in waiting, in a posture of being ready to receive the gift that Jesus promised was coming. And so I would ask you and I would ask me, are we in a posture right now of readiness to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? We are a church that wants to look more like Jesus. We are a church full of people who want to look more like Jesus. But the only way that that is going to happen is if the Holy Spirit makes it so. If you've ever traveled to Europe, you may know this, that in the Middle Ages, the, uh, the builders of the great cathedrals, the great churches, included a special architectural feature that they called the Holy Ghost hole. Show you a picture of one of these now. If you've traveled to Europe, you've probably seen it. It's a small circular opening, usually at the top of the dome, that symbolized and literally built in the invitation for the Holy Spirit to come into the midst of the congregation. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that incredible? You know, uh, in Minnesota, we can't cut holes in our roofs because snow and tornadoes and all sorts of reasons that that would not be a good idea. But in this series for the next six weeks, we would love to metaphorically, just symbolically have a sense of throwing open the Holy Ghost hole in our homes and at all of our campuses and asking for nothing less than the Hagios Pneuma to come and to fill us like never before. So we're going to end our time together this weekend by praying for this to happen. And I would just encourage you to sincerely ask along with me that the Holy Spirit, that the Hagios Pneuma would come upon your life and fill your life like never before. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, What a beautiful work you did on this day that we remember thousands of years ago, Pentecost. But God, we also know that that was just the beginning. God, that it's a story we're supposed to look at and remember that the very same thing 
is happening today. So God, as a church, we pray. We pray for the wind of your spirit to blow among us. God, we pray for a tongue of fire to be upon the head of every person who is hearing this message right now. God, that a palpable sense of your presence would be upon each one. And God, we pray, Hagios Numa, come and fill us. Come and fill us. Hagios Numa, come into the empty places of our souls. Hagios Numa, come to the places that need healing. Hagios Numa, come into the places that need reviving. Holy Spirit, would you come and set people on their feet again? Hagios Numa, would you come? Fill us to overflowing with your presence in such a way, God, that there is a palpable unity between us. Holy Spirit, come and take away the divisions between us. In the name of Jesus, we ask for this. Holy Spirit, come fill us with a love for one another that is so contagious, God, that more and more and more will come, more than we can even imagine will come because they want to be part of this. They wanna be part of what you are doing. Holy Spirit, we ask for nothing less than a move of God among us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, wherever you are, wherever you are, we are so glad that you are part of what God is doing here in our midst at Hosanna. Every single one of you is part of it. Pray that you have had a sense of the spirit of God, the very breath of God breathing new life back into your lungs today, wherever you are. And whoever you are and wherever you are, we would love to hear your story. How is God moving in your life? The super easiest way to tell us about it is we have a button on our webpage that says yes to Jesus, which just means, yes, I wanna say yes to what God is doing in my life. And as a church, we wanna hear about it and we wanna be able to come alongside you in that journey. And so hit that yes to Jesus button, fill it out, tell us your story. We cannot wait to hear from you and all that God is doing in your life. And then as always, we just encourage you if you are meeting with your family or if you're meeting with, with your friends or a community group, that you would take this message and wrestle with it, that you would take it and talk about it. Questions are gonna go up on the screen in just a moment that you can use to have those rich and transformational conversations. But as we close our time together today, would you just receive this blessing from God? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you deep peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Hagios Numa. amen. We'll see you next week, church.